This is Mary Lewis at A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Amber Scramstad at Scramtastic Treats. Good morning, Amber. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm dying to know all about Scramtastic Treats. Oh, goodness. Um, Well... (laughs) Um, I started my business about three, three and a half years ago. Um, I, I'm a cottage baker, so I had to register um, with the state and everything and get that started. I've been baking since I was a little girl. Um, it was something that my mom and I really enjoyed to do together, um, especially during the holidays. I, I remember when I was younger and I couldn't really be in the kitchen with her yet because I just kind of made more of a mess than I did anything else but I would sit and watch and she would just bake for hours like from sunup to sundown all day long and we would always have you know every sort of little delicious cookie bar fudge truffle like everything you can imagine Um, and then we would make little tins or, you know, little boxes and we would go around our neighborhood and we would give them to our neighbors. Um, so I started to kind of do that with her when I was, as I got older and was able to follow directions a little bit more, I think, um, continued to do that. She, uh, she passed away in October of 2016 and, I just kind of went on like a little hiatus from baking. Um, It was hard to do. And I would still bake a little bit here and there, but nothing like I used to do. Um, And then COVID came and I was a server at the time. So obviously during that time, you know, restaurants and a lot of other places got shut down. Um, And so I just started to bake. I just started to bake for fun again. And I would kind of just post things on my Facebook. Um, I would do kind of like a, uh, like an everyday, I would do something new every day. So like one day I would do muffins and then the next day I would do this. And a lot of my friends were like, oh, you know, can I buy some from you? Um, You know, since we can't really, you can really just order online, you know, to kind of like pick up and whatever. I was like, sure. And so that's kind of where it started. Um, My fiance had kind of kicked me out there and was like, nope, I'm going to set up a Facebook Facebook business page and kind of get everything going. And that's actually exactly what she did. And it just kind of picks up from there. So yeah, it's been, it's been going strong for about three years now, which has been nice. That's fantastic. Um, so I have, I have a question because yeah. we have we have our cottage food producer registration, not a license, <laughs> it's a registration. Yes. And I don't. I'm having a really hard time figuring out how to let people know that we we can make eggnog bread for Christmas dinner or Parker House rolls or whatever. So the whole posting it on Facebook thing. Did you do it on your your Scramtastic Treats page, or did you do it on your personal, personal. page, or how'd you? 
Um, so I started this my personal page. So I didn't have my business page set up yet. Um, and then that's when my fiance Allie was like, "No, I'm gonna set. I'm gonna set up a business page." And she sat down one day and set up a whole business page for me. Um, and then from there, so I started posting there. And then I was like, "Well, you know, on Facebook, how am I going to get out there?" So um, I started posting to Marketplace. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, with our with our cottage registration, you know, it's it's very finicky <laughs> on what we can and cannot make. So, you know, I, I learned I learned as time went on um what I could make and could sell and didn't, um, or and couldn't. So yeah, I started posting on marketplace a lot. Um you know, cupcakes or cakes that I would make. Um, I was trying to take a lot of pictures, you know, as my progress got better. Um, and then, yeah, it, I mean, it just kind of took off from there. So people that would order from me would start following my page. And so then my Facebook business page grew, but that's where I started. And I also, um, I also have a bake stand, a really good friend of mine, um, Kathy, she owns Even Me Boutique up in Anoka. Her um, her in-laws or her in-law, father-in-law owns the Evelyn Family Farm up here in Andover. And so they do a pumpkin patch. They've got, you know, hayride, animals, all that fun stuff. Well, she had reached out to me and was like, hey, if Don's okay with it, would you like to, um, you know, have a little bake stand here? And I was like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Super scared <laughs> because I mean they they see you know on their busy weekends they've got twelve fourteen hundred people you know throughout the weekend and I'm like oh my gosh I've never baked that much you know um so I did that my first year was in twenty twenty one twenty two no twenty twenty one I believe twenty twenty one was my first year there um. And so I am, I was there for six weekends. So the last weekend in September through Halloween weekend. And I got a lot more business there. And then I, that's actually where I got a lot of my holiday business. So, you know, for Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff. So it just kind of took off. But I started on my personal page, ended up with my business page, and just kind of advertised where I could. <laughs> Okay. Um, so my other questions, cause I have mm-hmm. lots of questions because I've been trying to figure this out. We've had yeah. our, our registration in place since last spring and all I've sold is granola and that's great. Yeah. People love granola. <laughs> it's sold at it the farmer's good. market this summer. No problem. Um, I have, I have a, a decent sized kitchen mm-hmm. And I have a pantry closet. I'm really lucky. It's cedar lined and I love it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and we have two big containers, one for sugar, one for flour. It holds like a 25 pound bag of each. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out if I, if I make something and I share it on Facebook or on Nextdoor even, the other app. Yeah. Yeah. If nobody buys what I made. Because that that's that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. 
what do I do with this stuff? Because I don't want to eat it. It tastes great, but I don't need the calories. So what do I do with it if nobody buys it? That's funny. I'm literally the exact same way. Um, so it, it depends on what you make. Um, like a lot of times if I make cookies and they don't sell, you know, um, I can freeze them. So mm-hmm. as long as it freezes nice, that's always a good option. Okay. Um, you know, cause then you can, I don't know, you can, you can freeze baked cookies for a couple of months. Um, as long as they're sealed well, they're perfectly fine. <laughs> so then I'll thaw them out and I'll bring them to, you know, family get togethers or, um, you know, just thaw them out for my kids to take them to school. Um, I also send them to work with Allie. I'm like, I don't want this in the house cause I'm the same way. Like I don't eat my baked goods that often. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'll do a little, a little taste test, you know, make sure that the batter's good or that, you know, the crumb came out okay and, and stuff like that. But I don't just sit down and, and eat it. <laughs> so I'm kind of the same way. Um, but yeah, I usually send it off or, you know, I'll give it to friends and family. Um, what I recently started doing from the, from the farmer's markets and the vendor's markets that I was doing over the summer I would do a flash sale on my Facebook page, um, you know, so I'd, I'd knock a couple bucks off and just say, you know, two for one or something like that. That's what I ended up doing. But otherwise, if you want to keep it for like family and stuff, I always freeze mine and that seems to work out great, depending oh. on what it is. Okay, that helps. I mean, I kind of mm-hmm. figured that's what I would end up doing, but I just don't want to be stuck with a whole bunch of baked goods that are going to make me fat if I eat them. Yeah. Because I'm I'm really good where I'm at. I really don't want to I really don't want to gain weight from where I'm at. Yep, I so, hear you. <laughs> I'll pass. Uh So the other question I have is mm-hmm. the last time I was at the store a dozen chocolate chip cookies were going for probably 10 bucks mm-hmm. and they're not great. And that's why we love bakers from home because bakers from home put love in their food and that makes it taste better. Sure so do. how much would a dozen chocolate chip cookies cost from a cottage food producer on average? Um, so that kind of, that kind of varies. Um, you know, it, a lot of it depends on, the quality of ingredients that they're using. Um, mm-hmm. For me personally, my prices are a little higher. Um, I I like to, especially, okay, say if we're just talking about chocolate chip cookies, I um, I will use like the, the bar chocolate. So I'll use the good quality bar chocolate because it melts beautifully and so on and so on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I know a lot of it depends on that um, quality of ingredients, you know, if you're taking extra steps. So, like, for me, I like to use brown butter. Um, I like that extra flavor that it adds to a cookie. Um, also, depending, too, you know, I will use cake flour. So, I'll do, like, half all-purpose, half cake flour, um, just depending on the cookie, there's there's a lot of a lot of different variants that go into pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, it's just you know putting in that extra love. Um, so my mine are a little spendier, and mine are a little bigger too. So I don't they're not like the mini cookies, you know. I make mine bigger, 
Um, so mine are usually um, $3 a cookie because I sell them, I'll sell them individually at the farmer's market. Um, so, you know, 36, 36 a dozen is usually what mine go for. You, two to two to $3 is usually what mine are priced at. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I was wondering about because I understand yes. as someone who makes baked goods that uh-huh. it's time and it's, it's ingredients and it's focus and we spent more money than we should have on a KitchenAid mixer because our other mixer died and that's an expense. <laughs> and for anyone listening, KitchenAid mixers are fantastic. And if you can afford it, spend the money. They last forever. They do. They really do. So I understand that that baked goods from someone who is doing this as a cottage food producer are going to be more expensive than at the store. Mm-hmm. And, and at the store has gone up incredibly oh, yeah. in just the last year, year and a half because of inflation. And yeah. shrinkflation is a thing now. Oh, I noticed. So um. so you're 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 getting what you pay for in this case. You're paying for the expertise and the love of doing it and the higher quality ingredients, hopefully. So yes. I just want listeners to know that that being a cottage food producer is not you take a box cake mix, throw it in the oven and it's done and it took you five minutes and you're charging thirty dollars for a cake. That's not how this works. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's where we get a lot of, um, there's a lot of like misconception when it comes to cottage bakers, you know, a lot of times people will reach out, you know, for quotes and, um, you know, they, they kind of expect those prices, you know, of like the supermarkets and stuff. And there's a lot more that goes into it, you know, than a lot of people realize. So that is a very, a very good point. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, and if you get into candies, it's even it's even more expensive. Um, yes, it is. Many, 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 many years ago, I'm I'm 54 now, mm-hmm. and when my kids were younger, I wanted to give them an experience that my grandmother had given me. And I'm I'm tearing up. I didn't think I was going to do that. Oh. Oh, wow. Um, she. Hang on one second. I gotta get back together. No, you're good. Who? Wow, I can tell it's coming up on Christmas. Oh yeah, it's it's a hard time. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna try to do this without being a disaster, but it's not gonna work. It's okay if you are. <laughs> she used to make pounds of Christmas candies. She used to do potato stick candy and um, Buckeyes, the the peanut butter peanut butter centers with the chocolate around them. Yep, and peanut brittle to die for oh my god it was so good she would send us like 30 pounds of candy every christmas and she was living with my parents and i decided to make her candies oh and she was still okay she had alzheimer's and she was still with us at that point Mm -hmm. and so i made all of her candies except divinity because divinity is a pain to make and yes. I, I would burn it or ruin it so i sent 40 pounds of candy to my parents house oh my gosh and, and in the note i sent i was like um i don't expect you guys to eat 40 pounds of christmas candy 
So <laughs> dad takes them to work, mom gave it to the neighbors, whatever. But I yeah. had to do this. And my grandmother ate some of the candies. And she said that they tasted like home. Oh my goodness. And I hate that I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, so anyway, it cost me like, I think it cost me like $200 for all the ingredients. And that was at least 15, 20 years ago. Oh yeah. And so I don't even want to know what it would cost me to make that candy now. Oh my gosh. No, (laughs) no. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you're keeping her tradition alive and that's really cool. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing that, that we do when we do things from home is that we're influenced by home and by the things that remind us of home. Exactly. And you're doing it because of your mom. Yeah. So, so it's important and especially at this time of year. And I hate that I just, I just like sobbed through the whole thing, but it was, it was really fun to do. And my kids helped. And of course, I mean, I was making candy who would not be thrilled to be in the kitchen with mom making candy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And they got to learn about the story behind it. So it was was a lot of fun. And my kitchen and my house smelled so good for a week because it took five days to do the six or seven different kinds. Oh yeah. It is very time consuming. That's for sure. Yeah, it really boy, is. You need lots of patience. That was that was a heck of a Christmas, and the the mail person at the post office, when I walked in with the box, weighed it, and she said, "What's in here?" And I said, "Christmas candy." She said, 40 pounds of Christmas candy." I said, "Yep, it's a long story. How much is it going to cost me?" She said, "A lot, a lot." I said, "Yeah, that's fine." Yeah, it's got to get there. Yeah. So it all, it all made it, it was a really fun thing to do. My grandmother loved it. And that was kind of the point. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. But point being, point being, now that I've I've teared up again, the second time out of 15 (laughs) recordings is that when you're doing this stuff from home, you don't have the luxury of deep pockets. You don't have the luxury of being a big corporate business who orders sugar by the the hundreds and thousands of pounds of sugar yeah get a steep discount from whoever your supplier is it's it's very very different and I'm not discouraging anyone from from getting into cottage food producing because it's it's easy and if you want to explain the process of how you got your cottage food registration that'd be great um so I went on to what is it? The Minnesota Aggregate. Ag- wow. Yep. For right. Agriculture. Agriculture. There we go. <laughs> it is the right yep. one. Cause I, I know there were two different ones that I went on mm-hmm. um, until I finally found it. So I, I went on there and you apply. Um, they do have you take, which I didn't know that they did. And I think it's absolutely amazing. You know, it's, it's for safety, but they have you take, um, like tests just to make sure that you understand the food laws, you know, of what you can make, what you can't make. Um, depending, you know, if you're making food or if like, if you're canning, you know, and stuff like that. So there's, there's lots of different areas that they test you on, which I think is really cool. Um, I, uh, I'm serve safe. So I've been a server my whole life. So every year I had to do the serve safe test. So I think that really benefited me mm-hmm. in, in that, because I, I did know, you know, a lot of that off the top of my head already. 
Um, but yeah, you, you take the test. Um, and it's really simple. If you can read it and read, it's easy. It is. It's super, super easy. Cause it's what, like, I think, questions. yeah, it, yeah. Just a handful of them. It's, it's not a lot at all. Um, and they give you, don't they give you like a couple pages or something to read? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, gosh, I took it so long ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like they, you know, they just give you the, the pages to read. It gives you the information that's basically just like reading and remembering. Yeah. Um, so it's super simple. And then, um, so then after that, then once, once I pass that, um, and there's a couple different tiers that you can, um, apply for or test for, um, um, the first tier, I don't, isn't it just like 50 bucks, I think, for the registration fee or something? The first tier is free. It's the second the one. Costs it's money. the second one. Okay. Because yeah. that's the one that I'm in now. Mm -hmm. Um. So the first, yeah, the first tier is free. And so then, you know, they'll just, they mail you out um, a certificate, you know, saying that you are a, a registered cottage food producer. Um which I framed. I got my first one and I framed it. I was so proud. <laughs> I Me too. That. Yes. <laughs> Did you? Yep. <laughs> so I framed that one. And I also framed my very first dollar that I got from the very first person to purchase from me, um, which is one of my good friends um, that I used to work with at, at the restaurant. So, you know, once I was, once I was actually able to sell, I did. And she, she reached out right away. So I, um, I framed her first or the first dollar from her, which was really cool. But yeah. And you know, it just, it, it gives you different tiers and you know, if it's something that you're just kind of doing as a side hobby, which I was doing at first, um, I stayed in that first tier for a couple of years because my main, like I was the busiest during, you know, holiday season. Um, and, you know, it's, it's picked up. So yeah, I mean, it's really, really simple, you know, for you to go online and do that. So if it's something that you want to do, even as just like a little hobby, um, cause vendor markets are so fun. I mm -hmm. absolutely love doing them. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really simple and it doesn't, it doesn't cost you much at all, if anything. Yeah. I, I would love to start an actual bakery. I would love to have a freestanding building yep mm -hmm. and it's never gonna happen if I was 25 it might happen but I'm not gonna do it now I I can't afford it and I have other things that I'm doing oh like podcasting and other things so yeah there's just there's not enough time in the day for for that too plus we have a dog who is a velcro dog and she would be very unhappy to spend eight to ten hours a day in her crate so oh yeah I'm trying to do everything from home and the cottage food producing thing is definitely something would allow for that mm -hmm. but um, yeah I've, I've juggled between that too yeah it used to be I had four kids I needed to be home for and then we got this velcro puppy at eight weeks old and uh she does not love being without her people yeah. Yeah. My dog's kind of needy. So <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that. <laughs> yep. So I, I wish that I had known that I really loved to cook back when I was in my twenties, but I didn't really know I loved to cook until I hit about 28, 29. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And by then I had um, two kids. So, so it wouldn't have worked, but yeah. it's all good. And speaking of my dog, she's now barking. Yay. <laughs> but I this know, is a... Oh, I would say this, this is a real podcast, so you guys get to hear all the stuff going on in the background. The same here. Same here. He's all, he's surprisingly quiet right now. He's usually barking at all the squirrels in the tree. Yeah. She's, you know she's, I'm on a call. Yes. She's barking at something. I have no idea what, and she will have to be happy with it until I'm done. <laughs> I don't think she's going to die between now and, oh, 10 minutes from now, so it'll be okay. Yeah. They, they think that they are, but... She's just, she's just doing her job. She's an excellent mm-hmm. dog. That's why we got her because we live out in the middle of nowhere and I didn't want to have to be surprised by someone knocking on my door. I'd rather be surprised by her barking and then seeing what she's barking at. So, yep. Yep. No, I, I agree. <laughs> and speaking of pets, that's part of the reason that I didn't think we could get our cottage food producer registration until last year. Um, Back when it oh, started, yeah. back mm-hmm. when it started in 2015, I think mm-hmm. you couldn't have you couldn't have pets in any area where you were cooking. Yeah, and that changed, I guess, a little while ago. And so we had noticed that friends of ours were selling granola at their place, and they live on a farm. And I, oh, I've been lots in- of animals. Yeah, and I'd been in their house, and I knew there was no designated cooking space. Yeah. And I was like, I need to go look <laughs> this up, because if I can be doing this, we, even with the dog in the house, I'd like to be doing it. And the rules are that any pets you have in the house cannot be on any countertops. Yep. And... um. Clearly, you want to sweep up your cooking space of any dog hair or cat hair or whatever pet you have hair. Yeah. Basically, your kitchen has to be clean. And yep. I don't like cooking in a dirty kitchen. I think it's disgusting. So I'm going to cook in a clean kitchen, obviously. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's I clean every day. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So that that kept me away from it for the first five years of this being out there because we had cats and cats love to get on the countertops. Oh, they do. They do. Especially when you're not around. They're like, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. So I really was like, no, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this at all. This is a bad plan. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Then after visiting my friend and seeing that they were selling granola, I was like, I need to revisit that. And if we can do it, I want to do it. And then we did it. And now I'm trying to figure out how to get the word out that we're doing. So I need to do some Facebook and next door stuff here soon. Yes. Yes. Advertising is huge and keeping up on it too. You know, that's, that's still an area, honestly, that I slack in. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a mom of two, you know, I, it's, I, you know, I, I take care of the house, you know, I, I have my business, you know, and it's like, I don't, I don't ever like think every day to constantly be like, oh, I got to post. Oh, I got to make a post. You know, even if it's something small, it's something that I struggle with and okay, come on. And my friend Kathy, you know, she's, she's been a business owner for, 
quite a few years now. And that was one thing she's like, you know, even if it's small, you know, post, even if it's a funny meme, you know, anything like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that shouldn't be hard. And then I go and I'm like, oh, I haven't posted for like three mm-hmm. days. Uh, maybe I should throw something up there. <laughs> My thing is always forgetting to take photos when I when I make something that looks really cool and I'm going to eat it. I forget to take a picture before I eat it. Yep. That's that's another downfall of mine so, too. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to mention in all of this cottage food stuff is that um gluten-free and gluten-friendly are not the same when it comes to a cottage food producer. No, absolutely not. Um gluten-free means that your home is gluten-free. You do not yep. have flour in your house, you have no wheat products, nothing. Yeah. And gluten-friendly is when you do what I did. And someone says, can you make a gluten-free bread? Because all the gluten-free bread I've ever eaten, I didn't like. And maybe you can come up with something. Mm-hmm. And I made a almond flour gluten-free bread. And it was really yummy. And I sold a loaf to a lady and she loved it. And I asked her specifically, do you have celiac disease? I don't want to be nosy, but this is important. And she said, no, my, my doctor just recommended that I that I." try gluten-free products yeah and i flat out told her i said okay this my my kitchen is not gluten-free because i use flour in my kitchen but because Mm -hmm. this isn't this isn't this isn't if you eat flour you're gonna die or be really sick we're good yeah and then i mentioned it on the uh minnesota cottage food producers facebook page and the lady that is the admin for that or one of them said we don't say gluten-free in that case we say gluten-friendly and that was a very important distinction I didn't know it was a thing so yeah if, I, it took me I didn't know either yeah if the product says gluten-friendly it means that there may have been gluten products around it near it and be really careful of cross-contamination well that's good that that's actually really good to know um yeah, that's actually really good to know. There's so many things to know. And I and have little details too, you know, like yeah. like that, simple verbiage, you know, how to word things. Like it's 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 little things like that. So, yeah. The other thing is, is that you can develop allergies as an adult. Um I didn't know this, but I used to be able to eat anything that was a hot pepper thing. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't love hot, hot, spicy food, but I like jalapenos and things sometimes. Yeah. And last, last winterish, end of winter, first of spring, mm-hmm. we had something with jalapenos in it, and my lips got cold and numb. Oh my goodness! And I was like, "What the heck is going on?" Yeah. Here? And then, and then I had gotten some uh, pica de gallo from the store, and wanted it to have in quesadillas with sour cream and stuff and ate it and my lips went cold and numb again and my throat started to close up and I was oh like gosh, oh no this is now so I no longer eat anything with capsaicin in it because I might die yeah. and I didn't know that you could develop a life-threatening aller- food allergy as an adult yeah I knew like I know that you can become allergic to anything at any point in time I didn't think like that severe. I didn't know that either. Me either. 
And it was crazy because two weeks before I had eaten, I don't know, something with peppers in it and I was fine. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? Oh. I mean, I guess... Right. Yeah, it's it's not great because my husband and my kid love tacos. Yeah. And they want to doctor it up with all the hot peppers. And I'm like, okay, let's make it plan for mom. Yep. Let me make get your own little batch. <laughs> yep. I have to. So. Yeah, I'm that way with but, wheat, though. That yeah. happened to me, too, with wheat. Yeah. So it's like I'm okay with bread still. Um, but I can really only have like sourdough, like an actual sourdough, but like, I can't have wheat thins, um, wheat bread, um, even beer. I was a beer girl. Like, you know, I liked a nice cold beer and mm -hmm. I had to, I had to give all that up and it just, it came out of nowhere. I mean, I think it had been going on for a few years. I just didn't like pinpoint it until mm -hmm. one night when I was eating and then afterwards I got done eating and I was like huh I'm feeling this way after eating again and then you know just kind of like putting things in order like well what did I have and I was like wow so then I did um you know just kind of like a practice run I just kind of cut it out of my diet and mm -hmm. I felt so much better in here I am, two years later, still still not eating anything wheat. Oh, it's so sad. I'm sorry. It is. It sucks because wheat thins were literally like my favorite cracker. My all-time favorite cracker. Mm -hmm. So it's whatever. You know, you find new things that you like. But yeah, it's strange how that just yeah. like happens. Yeah, so the main reason I even brought up the fact that I now have this allergy to capsaicin yay is that you can develop allergies as an adult out of the blue and so if for some reason you eat something from a cottage food baker and have a reaction it's not necessarily the cottage food baker's fault yeah. there may be something new with you yep yep that's very accurate and um we actually uh became a business back in april i think it mm -hmm. was and we chose the LLC distinction oh, yeah. so that so that we're protected if something does go wrong. And if you're going to do cottage food producing as a business, definitely look into your insurance and what you can do to make sure that, God forbid, something does go wrong, you're protected and your customer's protected. Yes, it's funny that you said that because I was actually uh, looking up. Um, I was looking up that stuff. Literally last week or two weeks ago, maybe. But I was recently mm -hmm. looking it up too because on on Facebook I follow, um, you know, a bunch of different pages. I got like a cottage food baker page and and so on and so on. And someone had posted a question asking, you know, the difference between just being registered and you know being a an LLC. And so I was kind of reading through all the comments and. Um, that's kind of what everybody else said too. So it, it protects your personal assets. Um, yes. so if something were to happen, they, they can go after you, but only your business. So they can't, you know, if, if someone were to sue you, they can't, 
go after your home and, and, you know, all that stuff. So I was like, huh, I think that's definitely something to look into. It's definitely a smart move. That's for sure. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to, I wanted to put some of this out there because I tend to get talking with people and it's like, oh, why do you do it? How do you do it? That's really nice. Yay team. And then it's all over. Yeah. And I realized that maybe getting more into the nitty gritty of, of what's involved and, and that it's not as simple as people think yeah. might be important. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Cause I know, I know, you know, some people think, oh, it's, you're just making cookies or, you know, like, it's like, well, it's, it's not just that. So it's definitely good to get that out there for sure. For people to actually know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a business. It may be a little tiny business, but it's a business. It's a business. And you kind of got to follow the rules and, and be aware that someone's going to be eating food that you made. And if you make them sick, that's a problem. Yeah. Hopefully that never happens, but weird things do happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can never say never, you know, it's always a possibility. Yes. And I don't ever want to be on the receiving end of that phone call. Absolutely not. You made chocolate cookies and I was sick for a week. Yeah. Okay. Number one, let's make sure it was those cookies. Number two, let me get with who I need to get with to make this right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's so. a tough part too, of like narrowing it down, you know, like mm-hmm. with that, it's, we had quick story at, um, my old job, um, well, my serving job, we had, it was, a, it was way before COVID. Um, so we had big get togethers. It was around the holiday time too, actually. I can't remember if it was Christmas or Thanksgiving, but we had a very, a very large party come in and, um, a few days later, my boss was like, um, who is it? The OSHA, mm-hmm. um, they were coming in to inspect the restaurant and there was like an investigation and I'm like, what the heck happened? Like, and mind you, my GM at the time is just like me, a massive clean freak, like massive clean freak. We would have overnight cleaning parties <laughs> just for fun. You know, I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to get paid to clean. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll do that. Um, and, you know, so like, I mean, we, we passed our health inspections every single time. There was never an issue. She was very thorough. And so, yeah, so anyway, she had gotten a call and we knew the party. Like we remembered the party cause it was, the, it was like 14 or 16 people. I mean, it was massive. And, um, so we knew right away who they were talking about. Well, apparently one of them had gotten, one of them was sick and, um, four or five of them actually ended up being sick to the point where they had to go to the hospital from dehydration and she was like, so OSHA had to come through and, and did a did a huge um, health inspection. And we ended up passing and come to find out it was actually someone was sick that was at the party. So they, they also not only reached out to the people that had called, um, that had called and made the complaint or made the whatever, um, but they reached out to other people that were also 
within that group. And one person had said, yeah, I, I was sick or I had just gotten done being sick. Um, mm-hmm. but they didn't know that. So they automatically kind of assumed it was our food that got them sick when in reality it, it wasn't. So, <laughs> you know, it's narrowing it down can be very difficult. Yes. And I'm not, I'm absolutely not like against any of the rules for this, this situation. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really important, but I also want people to understand that, that we who do this do it as best we can and we try to buy really good ingredients and we try to do it right. Yep. And if something does happen, it's just one of those things. It's no different than if you went to a buffet at a restaurant and came down sick from something you ate Exactly. There. Exactly. So. Okay. Well, this went a little longer yes. than I thought it was going to <laughs> We're at, we're at 40 minutes now. Oh my goodness. So I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me oh. and answer my questions. And I've learned things and we've shared all kinds of stuff and I teared up again. I got to stop doing that. So um, you have a great day. Yes, you too, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. All right. All right you take care. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye.